I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of the How To Do Marketing Academy, as well as small business marketing agency, Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's my mission to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally-based small business in Australia. Why? Because I know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. My first encounter with Brad Butt, a managing pharmacist with Life Pharmacy Group and founder of Men's Health Down Under, was back in 2018 and I was working with the group to develop their marketing plan. Now, part of our marketing plan process is to go and gather customer insight to get an understanding of the customer's perspective of the business and the brand, um, some insight into their experience and those sorts of things. And so I ended up actually having conversations with about 20 or 30 customers from the various life pharmacies, which are all across regional New South Wales and the ACT. And I distinctly remember talking to the five or so customers of Brad's Pharmacy, which is in Coolman, which is Coolman Court in, um, in the ACT. And his customers all told me of their incredible stories about Brad and and how Brad had cared and supported for them. And honestly, after the fifth customer that I had spoken to, I was like, I can't wait to meet this Brad. He sounds like an absolute saint. I had never, ever met such a raving group of fans like you talk about brand advocacy you talk about positive word of mouth I had never heard anything like it it was quite remarkable and so I met him shortly after at the life pharmacy group conference where I presented the marketing strategy that that I'd actually developed for the group and again like he was everything that his customers had had spoken about I actually don't think I've met someone who so anybody else who so genuinely and innately places the customer at the heart of everything that they do. So we connected on LinkedIn and so for years I've had the pleasure of his content dropping into my feed and I love it. Like I'm not the target audience but from a marketing perspective I just can't applaud his approach to content marketing highly enough. So I've wanted to get him on the podcast for a while. And I saw recently that he'd launched a podcast called Lifting the Kilt on Men's Health. Of course he had. Um, So I just jumped at the chance. I was like, this is awesome. I want to find out all about your plans for this. Um, So the interview with Brad, honestly, it was one of the most delightful conversations that I have had with a guest. Not only does Brad share some absolute gold about his approach to spreading the message about men's health, he's honestly just an incredibly inspiring human being. So allow me to introduce you to Brad. 
Hey, Brad, and welcome to the How To Do Marketing Show. Thanks for having me, Jay. I'm a bit excited about this. It's going to be oh, fun. Oh, me too. Me too. I'm excited about it as well. Can you please tell us all about Men's Health Down Under and how it came about? Sure. Um, I- I'll try not to talk for too long. And if I am, please, please pull me up. Um, so Men's Health Down Under uh, is a pharmacist-run men's health clinic, if you will. Um, so we've got a few mental pharmacists that work here in Canberra and we've got a number of other clinics a- across Australia. So there's one in Sydney, uh, one in Wagga, one in Dubbo, one in Brisbane um, and, and we're, we're, we're getting in one about to launch in Hobart. So we're finding that more and more pharmacists are interested in doing this stuff. Um, I've been doing this since 2013, um, so coming up 10 years. And it was a bit of an interesting one to get into because I, I guess for listeners, you might think as a, of a pharmacist as somebody in your local community you go to, you take your prescription in, uh, they, they give you the medication. They might tell you a little bit of information about the medication. They'll obviously charge you, charge you for, the, for the product. You might get some cold and flu tablets. Nowadays, you might get a vaccination. So we are seeing pharmacists are doing different, some different stuff. But by and large, you wouldn't necessarily think, oh, I've got erectile dysfunction, I better go and talk to the pharmacist about that. Um, in fact, most people wouldn't go and even talk to their GP about that. So I guess it, it's been um, a bit of an interesting one to, for a pharmacist to work in. And um, we, we started with a patient uh, back in 2013 who came in, one of my regulars, he was diabetic. So a diabetic person a pharmacist sees a lot of. We'd see them at least once a month probably twice or three times a month because they often are on a number of medications. And um, this gentleman said, Brad, I need a penis pump. And I laughed because we, we always had a bit of a laugh, myself and this and this man. We had a bit of a laugh and I said, right, I'll pull the other one. And he said, uh, actually, no, I need your help. Um, I said, oh, okay, right. So we went and had a chat in the consultation room. And, and again, this is this is nearly 10 years ago. So a lot of pharmacies didn't even have consultation rooms. You know, you'd be talking about it in the shop. It's a bit like the vaginal thrush, you know. Yeah. I've got thrush, you know, help me out. Um, and for this guy, fortunately, we had a consultation room and we went in and he told me he had prostate cancer and he had to get a, a penis pump on the recommendation of his urologist, so his specialist doctor that did the prostate surgery. And um, and he cried and I cried and I said, right, oh, well, no worries, thanks for sharing and um, let's get it sorted. So that's what, kind of where it started, I guess. Jane was 10 years ago nearly 10 years ago with that patient and I got in touch with his urologist who told me what needed to happen and the rest of it's been a bit of an education by osmosis from both patients and and a multitude of different practitioners, both specialist doctors, GPs and allied healthcare team to learn what it is that these patients need. Uh, And there's a lot of patients that need this support, not just prostate cancer, but erectile dysfunction, um, Peyronie's disease incontinence. There's a bunch of urological health conditions that men and dare I say it their partners um, want help and information on that they're just not getting through traditional channels yeah yeah I love that and I love that you you know by chance saw the opportunity for this and that was a really um, empathetic response I guess like you've realized that um, I mean as a pharmacist you you have those conversations all the time. You would have no issues. Like that's to you, that's just information, you know, that, that that's information. The fact that you've kind of recognised that um, here's this guy, he's got to talk about something that's 
quite uncomfortable for a lot of people to not just talk about in public, but to kind of admit, like that's a really confronting topic to to actually admit. And then you've gone, um, there's a need to be able, and 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 I can help in this situation. So so I'm going to develop something that that you know clicks on to the other support that's out there for them. So when when you were talking about, I'm just going to deep dive into that that the story that you just told because it's such a great story. When you're when you're talking about, well, he cried, and you cried. Why did you cry? Like, what what was it that moved you so much with this guy's story? It's a, it's a pretty emotional thing. I actually I feel that I can feel a bit welling up in me now. I mean, I'm a fairly soft person generally. I'm, you know, I think the the blokey bloke of old is perhaps by and large dying out um, in Australia. I think there's still lots of blokey blokes around, but the blokey blokes now go to the footy, have a few beers, you know, enjoy the cricket, um, enjoy catching up with their mates. But, but it's, it's a different, it's a different thing. You know, we talk about our emotions and we talk about how we feel and we, you know, we, we're more likely to be open with our friends and family about how we're feeling. And I guess that's sort of come about with, you know, movements like, are you okay? And, you know, it's far more spoken about and it's, far more normalized for, for males to have emotion. And I think that that's important. Um, so, so yeah, sitting down with this guy, it wasn't emo. It was, it was highly emotive and I'd always been, I'd always been, you know, the joker with this fellow, you know, we had a good relationship. It was slapdash. It was, it was, you know, hijinks. It was good fun. It was great to see. It was short and punchy. And that's, that's normal for pharmacy, normal for my pharmacy. Anyway, it's, it's a really short interaction How's things? Yeah, great. That's that's awesome. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, look after yourself. If you need me, give us a call. Um, you know, and the interaction's over and done in a, in a minute, maybe two. Um, so to sit down with this guy and for him to to pour his heart out, he's had prostate cancer. Holy shit! No, that's not yeah. that's not to be, that's that's pretty significant in somebody's life to be diagnosed with cancer. Um, for then uh, and having not had a lot of knowledge about prostate cancer before, for him to then go on and say he's got incontinence you know he stands up he gets out of the shower he's drying himself with the towel and the urine's is pouring out of him like he can't stop the urine from coming out and admittedly that's early on like it does improve but at this at that at that moment in time that's that guy's life like he gets out of the shower to dry himself and the urine's just dribbling out and he can't stop it um and then he goes on to tell you that there's no erectile function that's all that's all shot to shot to pieces and his penis is an inch shorter in the flaccid state than it was three weeks ago before he had the surgery. So it's harder to hold it. It's harder to go to the toilet. You know, it's a fairly uncertain time. And I suppose you get caught up in the moment and you, you, you know, I think a pharmacist tends to, tends to take some of the ownership of that problem often. And, and I certainly do. And it, it, it's quite confronting. So I didn't know much about it and I was keen to learn more. So him sharing the story really, I found it quite, found it quite emotional as did he, you know, I don't think he'd opened up to anybody about it. You know, it's, probably hadn't spoken to his wife, I suspect, um, you know, that, that's fairly personal. And for him to come and confide in me was, you know, pretty special. Yeah, that's amazing. So, and, and obviously that's where the men's health down under has has come about because you're like, well, these conversations need to be had. Like there, there needs to be a point where, where someone can come to ask for this support. Is that not available elsewhere like it like so so obviously if you've got well not obviously so much I'm guessing if if you've got prostate cancer and and the incontinence or the erectile dysfunction or or shrinkage or whatever happens is that 
not something that you talk to your urologist about or your GP or, or like it, it, possibly, possibly it depends. And, and, and it depends, I guess you got to remember Jane that by and large urologists are surgeons and that they, they, they're, they're primarily, they're charged with getting the prostate cancer out, doing super good surgery, saving the person's life. And, I guess if you look at it like that, the surgeon's job's really done. Once the prostate's been removed and the cancer's been cured, yeah. um, hopefully, um, or it hasn't been and the, the urologist then refers them to the radiation oncologist or the medical oncologist for further the treatment, by and large, that, that urologist's job is largely done. Um, and they're busy people and they might well say, oh, go and, get a, go and get a vacuum pump or go and take these pills or I want you to do an injection into your penis. And, and I mean, it's really hard. Some of them have got, have got nurses and are linked up with, you know, pharmacists like us or with um, physiotherapists that can help a bit. But, but by and large, that multidisciplinary team doesn't necessarily exist for every patient. And what we know is that there's roughly speaking, there's 20,000 guys diagnosed with prostate cancer annually, of which roughly half of them would have their prostate removed. So, you know, that's about eight, about 8,000 guys annually that have a prostatectomy, which is significant. And there's, there's just not enough support for all those guys across our wide country, um, noting that prostate cancer doesn't just affect those in metropolitan, it affects those in regional and remote. Yeah. Um, there's not the support. And, and telehealth is, is fine, but it's different to seeing a person in the flesh. And for the last 18 months, we've had telehealth and, and the urologist, you know, it's really hard for them to do a telehealth consultation, have a look at your penis as it shortened, how you're going, you know, you, at least in the doctor's office, you can shut the door and nobody hears what's going on. Whereas if you're sitting at home and you've got kids or grandkids or your wife, you, you're probably not going to say it as much. So I guess it's um, the world has changed a bit and it'll probably change back to a more normal, you know, once we get through COVID. But um, I think that uh, there's a, there is a gap and, a lot of the organisations that work in the space, and I think you know, it's worth pointing out that there are a few. There's organisations like the Prostate Cancer um, Foundation of Australia, the PCFA, and they'd be the main peak body in, in Australia that, that supports guys. Right. Um, but but their, their charter really is around, you know, supporting continence and, and maybe they'll talk about, you know, penile rehabilitation, but, but probably, probably not always. Um, yeah. And it depends on, on the nurse you get. You know, obviously there's there's a, a turnover of nurses in the roles in the role with the PCFA as a prostate cancer nurse. Um, and they're not always distributed in, in, in regional or remote areas either. Um, so that can be challenging. So I guess, and then there's online resources like Movember's got true North men's shed are really good. Uh, men's shed are often face to face, which has been great um, healthy male. Um, and then obviously all the anxiety, depression, you know, Beyond Blue and, and those sorts of um, Black Dog Institute where you can go to seek help on mental health as well because we know that that's a massive issue. Yeah. You know, let's not forget about that. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess the multidisciplinary team is really big and there's not necessarily a right or wrong way for these patients to get involved. And then the GP, unfortunately, they're so busy and, they're you know, 10 minutes or 20 minutes with the GP it may not be long enough to cover what you need to. And, and, and the GP's sometimes I'm more interested in, in making sure your cholesterol's okay and your blood pressure's okay and your mental health's okay and, and erectile function, you know, is a, is a in, in, is perhaps in their mind maybe a third or fourth or fifth um, level priority and it doesn't necessarily get talked about. Where for the guy, the fact that they can't get an erection is their number one priority. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, that's that's awesome. So you've, you've and I, I guess from what I've been able to kind of gauge is the difference too is, is 
so you're part of this multidisciplinary team. You're you're providing an extension of of kind of what's already out there. It's a it's a place where people can come and talk, um, talk and feel comfortable and have that conversation. But then you're also able to give them some, I guess, the the pharmaceutical kind of solution. So like if there's products to fix some of the issues that they're having, you're able to actually help them out with that as well, as opposed to just like I'd I'd imagine like the Beyond Blue and all the kind of um, you know men's health down under and that kind of stuff they're probably helping with the mental health stuff, but you're actually able to give some product solutions as, as well as, you know, the mental health, you know, conversations yeah. or whatever. Kind of, Jane, I guess. Um, yeah, kind of. I mean, we're only pharmacists. I think it's important to point that out. So as pharmacists, we can't prescribe medication. Um, some of it we can, like if it's available without a prescription, but by and large, the, the medications we use um, for, for these sorts of urological health conditions, they're all on prescription. So, so typically what we do is provide a letter to the, to the patient and to the doctor detailing what the strategy is. And then the, their, their GP typically is then able to prescribe the medication and, and, and obviously we can provide it then. Um, so, so that's typically how we do it. And it's really important. I think that I talked about the multidisciplinary team before. It's really important that we work together as a team and whether it be in marketing like you do or, or in, in health like I am, it, that the team is really critical and if we all work together, we get better outcomes for the people we're looking after, which in my game is the patient. And I think to, to try and do something in isolation, it's, it's going to fail and um, we need the GP on board. The GP really is the, is the primary caregiver or the primary decision maker, so we need them on board. So we always make sure that we communicate pretty clearly and concisely with the GPs. Yeah, yeah, awesome. But, yeah, like if they need a penis pump, sure, they can yeah. come and get a penis pump. You can get things that stretch the penis and make it bigger, all that stuff you don't need a script I was going to say, you wouldn't know that that existed, you know, until you've actually had that problem. Why would you look into penis pumps and extenders and, and that kind of yeah. thing? Um, so that's the product. That's the product that you've developed, the brand and the and the business and the product. You've filled gap. There's and and it sounds like such an amazing service. Now you've now it's you know a matter of kind of getting it out there and making sure that people know about that. But there's also another really really important part of your marketing, which is what I want to dig into, and that's what we kind of talked about before. This is a difficult conversation to have because we don't generally tend to talk, tend to talk about erectile dysfunction or incontinence or whatever uh, because nobody else does and it's there might be some shame associated with that or whatever. But what I can see that you're doing with men's health and the way that you so easily talk about these things, you're getting it out into the open and making people feel far more comfortable about having that conversation, which ultimately helps them as well like uh, from from everything i kind of know about this this um i guess any industry where things are a little bit hard to talk about if people start talking about it i guess it's like money you know the more people start talking about money the more people feel more comfortable talking about money the more people that start talking about perimenopause the more people feel comfortable talking about that and that's what i think you're doing so well with with the marketing that you're doing so let's dive into that You've recently launched a podcast with um, Warwick Marks and it's called Lifting the Kilt on Men's Health. Love it. And that's where you're tackling some of these topics around men's urological health. Um, You are tackling some of those what the layman would consider confronting, erectile dysfunction, continence, prostate cancer. And until you're kind of in that situation, it's probably something that people don't want to think about until, you know, they know someone or or that they're in that situation. 
Why did you choose podcasting as a way of kind of getting this this information out there? It's an interesting one. It's a good question. Um, I guess we were at the point in our evolution as it is um, where we had the, we've got a website, we've done YouTube and do YouTube, where we do Facebook, we do Instagram, we do Twitter. And, and I guess it was, it was the desire to try and get more information out to people, not only in Australia. I think, you know, it's important to note that people listen to podcasts all over the world. Um, so not only in Australia, you know, we can reach, a, we can reach a, an audience beyond what we're probably tapping into with, um, with the more traditional social medias like your Facebooks and Instagrams. Um, so that was, the, I guess, the motivating factor really was we've got all this really wonderful information to put it all on the website. A lot of it's contained within the website, but then you've got to read it. And it's not always, it's not always easy to read. Blokes haven't got time to read. Nobody likes reading. Um, but to listen to a podcast, yeah, sure. I can put the earbuds in, listen to it. Nobody's going to know. I can be going for a walk. So, so it's, it's, it's really, it's a very accessible media. And, um, you know, I think that there's more and more people that are listening to podcasts and dare I say it with COVID, um, our general belief was that there's going to be people sitting at home, working from home, isolating from home with not a lot to do. Netflix, they run out of things to watch. Oh, I'll listen to a men's health podcast. That sounds interesting. So I guess that was the, the primary motivator was let's get this information that's contained within my head, within other, our other pharmacists head within doctors heads um, and let's get it let's get it out to the get it out to anyone that's wanting to listen because if we can help people then that's the aim of the game and I guess it's important to note this is this whole mental health and under thing it's been a side hustle for us like it you know, my wife my wife works and does a bit of Instagram promotion stuff and and it's a side hustle and I never thought I'd have a side hustle but here we are and um, and this this concept of a, of a side hustle, it's not about it's not about the business. It's about helping people. And I think as a pharmacist, you go to uni, you want to help people. And and the podcast was a wonderful way for us to be able to get information out there in an easy to digest medium um, or media that people can that people can listen to, learn from, and ask questions about, and and speak to their friends or doctor about more more comfortably, knowing a little bit more about it. Or if they've listened to it and they think, yeah, that's applicable to me. Okay, I'll talk to I'll talk to Brad. I'll look them up on on their website or get in touch. And and that I guess was important. I don't necessarily think that we're going to have, you know, a, a massive listenership. Um, but it's out there, and if people want to listen to it, great. And I guess it helps build our brand, like we were talking about before. We've got all the other social channels. If we've got a podcast, it helps build our brand and it helps people say it helps people identify that okay, these guys maybe they do know what they're talking about and maybe I do need to pay attention and, and maybe there's something they can do to help me. Yeah, 100%. And and I love, yeah, I love that and, and completely agree. And if you go, if I go back to what you said around, like you can publish all the content on the website, you can develop e-books and, and brochures and e-guides and social media posts. People don't read that. Now, if someone's in research mode, you know, if someone's just been diagnosed or whatever and they're, they're actually like, I want to find out as much as possible, maybe. But in general, people don't don't read that information. I think the, the beauty of podcasts is that it allows that contextual, you know, it allows you to just add so much more context to the conversation. Um, 
you're such a personable character and I listened to the first um, episode of the of the podcast, you're approachable, you're friendly, you're factual, you use and, and what I love is that you just approach all of these topics with just this really relaxed um, frame of mind. So it doesn't feel like this is an icky or an awkward topic. You know, you're talking about um, penile dysfunction and erectile dysfunction like you're talking about cleaning your teeth. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I've, I just feel so relaxed hearing that information, you know, whereas if you're reading it, it might sound a bit too clinical. And I think when we're writing this information, you know, we're really concerned that it's professional and it's, you know, it's written in a in a certain kind of almost corporate format. Um, and it, And particularly when you're in that kind of medical field, it can become quite clinical and factual. And whereas this podcast is just, you know, well, certainly the first episode, and I imagine that there's there's several different guests, it's that relaxed conversational um, feel. So when people are kind of uh, taking this information in, it almost kind of makes them feel a little bit more relaxed and, and about that. Yeah, and it's got to be pitched. It's got to be pitched to the to the average punter, to the average Aussie male. Like, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not, trying, to, we're not trying to pitch it to to doctors and be super clinical and it's got to be, it's got to be digestible. And, um, you know, I think we're, we're in this, we're in this world where you've got this news cycle that turns over, you know, so quickly and there's clickbait and, you know, everybody's got, trying to get a headline. And I think that, you know, we lose, we lose some of that, that people, people like to learn and, and, and need to get more information. You know, we're in this, we're in this world where, you know, you read a headline and you consider you know the news, um, or you, you're an expert in the field. So, I guess we were hoping to provide a bit more, a bit more information, a bit more context, and stuff that's, you know, absolutely usable and relatable too. That's because we don't want to provide super clinical information. Let the doctors do that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. In your experience, because obviously the podcast is new, but you've, I mean, we've been connected on LinkedIn now for years. I've seen you talk about this stuff on LinkedIn, you know, you turn up on LinkedIn, which is, you know, where people are kind of wearing their work hats and all the rest, but it's perfect. It's such the perfect channel for you to turn up and start having these conversations. And I imagine you would kind of drop these conversations wherever it's necessary. Have you noticed by kind of having more of these conversations and sharing this information so generously as you do, that it does help to feel for people to feel more comfortable? Like, have you noticed that in, in, in the years that you've been sharing? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I've got, I've got no way to quantify that, but, but yeah, I, 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 I agree. Feel. I, I think that that is, that's absolutely true. I, I mean, it'd be interesting to know people probably see some of the stuff that I post and think, Oh God, here he goes again, you know, just scroll past it. Um, and that's cool. Um, yeah. we all do, we, we all do that to, to one another, but, um, um, but I guess the whole concept of being ever present is important, and I think you know where where you where your your post can get washed away in a matter of moments. This idea of being ever present and there if needed, yeah. um, and and therefore having to post semi regularly and promote what you're doing, I think is important. So I guess my hope was just to be to remain kind of ever present, so that people that I was linked in with thought, you know, if something came up, they were comfortable to, to reach out and say, actually, hey, can you give me a hand? Because that's, as I said before, that's that's the aim of the game. Um, yeah. It's just to, to be able to help people. Yeah, I love it. And it's so genuine. 
Hey, if you are loving what you hear in this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show and you want to know how you can get some of this marketing happening in your own business, come and join me in my How To Do Marketing Academy Mastermind. You'll work directly with me and a bunch of other like-minded, motivated small business owners for 12 months. And in that time, I'll show you how to plan, implement and measure the marketing that is right for your business. The results that you can expect are that way more of the right type of people are going to come and get to know your business and your brand. You'll increase your leads, you'll increase your revenue, and best of all, you'll finish the 12 months with a complete and thorough understanding of exactly how to do marketing. Head on over to howtodomarketing.com.au to find out more. Now let's get stuck back into this episode. Your passion for this is so palpable. And, and again, this is this is probably from what I've seen on LinkedIn the most. Like, I just, I love it. Every time you've got something to say, I always read what, what you're talking about because I just, I love the way that you, you frame it. Why is it that you're so passionate about providing this help? Like we've spoken about, like we've almost kind of, We've seen the origin of this from the conversation that you've had, but what's the passion that keeps driving this this will to help people in this way? I don't know. I mean, I, I feel strongly that there's a, a gap there in the in, there's a gap in the market that needs to be filled. I know that we can we can fill it to a to a to a reasonable extent. Um, and I've been fortunate. I've been fortunate in in life in many respects. I look at my colleagues in pharmacy. That are working hard. They've got, you know, hex debts and owe money for cars and that sort of stuff. I was really fortunate. You know, I was lucky enough to have a really supportive mum, mum and dad, and we came from, you know, a good, healthy fa- family off the farm. And, you know, I, I didn't ever have to wish for much. And I guess my life now, you know, I've got a, a wonderful wife. We've got four lovely kids. You know, we 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 live in Canberra. Life life is good. Um, and. I think it's important to acknowledge that because there's so many people that that's not their story. And, um, you know, it's, I, I guess it's giving back to society and, you know, I do one day a week working in men's health and the other four days I've, I work in my pharmacy and I've got a few pharmacies that I'm involved in, you know, so, so I guess this is our way of my way of, of giving something back and hopefully making a bit of a difference. Yeah. Um, you know, and I guess being approachable is super important with this, with this topic because if you're not super approachable, people aren't going to approach you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's interesting. It's kind of self-fulfilling, you know, it's doing a podcast with you or doing our podcast or doing some work with, um, you know, the prostate, the prostate cancer foundation or, or healthy male, like all these different groups that you work with <laughs> help build your brand, I suppose, and, and help get the word out there because, I can't get it out to everybody and I'm definitely not going to, I'm not paying Facebook to try and get it out because I don't believe it'll go to the right place when I spend the money with them. But, but it's doing this sort of stuff that, and, and, you know, turning up as a guest speaker to a conference that um, helps build the brand, I guess. And it's about, you know, giving back to some of those groups, but, but giving back to the community as well. Do you think it's that passion that helps you? Because a lot of the time with marketing podcasts, I mean, we spoke about before about the grueling kind of schedule that that podcasting and, and even social media can place on a on a business owner. Um, 
do you think it's this passion and this drive to to help that helps you to show up so consistently and and I'm not talking like it's not like you're there three times a week on LinkedIn but but the podcast is going to be once every three weeks which is a manageable schedule do you think that passion does help to make sure that you are persistently and consistently kind of getting out there and sharing this yeah probably you know what I you know what I actually reckon it is and I don't know don't know if I should say, but I think it's a, it's the fear of failure. Um, isn't that terrible? Like I just think, um, you know, I've worked on this for 10 years in my spare time and I can tell you I, I I very rarely hit the hay before midnight. Normally it's one, two in the morning and then we're up with the kids at six. So the the fear of failure is is a massive motivator and I guess, you know, in this world of anxiety and depression, you know, I often say to my patients at the pharmacy, it's normal to feel anxious. Like if you didn't feel anxiety, you won't get up in the morning and go to work because you there, there's no ramifications for you. So anxiety and and not clinical depression, but to feel depressed, they're actually okay. And I think we need to recognise that. So I think for for me, part of the motivation is the fear of failure. And, um, and I know that I've got to keep turning up and you have to do it for your family, you have to do it for your job, you have to do it for your friends um, and I have to do it for, for men's health as well. So I guess that that's a fairly strong motivator. That's, I love it. I love that. And it's, and you're so right. And why shouldn't it be that? Absolutely. As you said, you've worked hard for this, you know, you, and you want this to succeed. And in your case, you want this to see succeed, not just for yourself, but for the people that you serve and for the people that you're showing up and helping, which I think is awesome. Seriously. I, I can't love your answers enough on this podcast, Brad. You just <laughs> said the right <laughs> thing. If it, sorry. No, you're right. No, that's fine. Um, if it, sorry, start the bit. In. So, I mean, I, it's if it if it did all fall over tomorrow, that'd be okay too. Like, I'm cool with that. That doesn't. It doesn't. I'm not. I'm not so driven by it that if it if it failed, I'd, I'd be I'd be dismal. Um, so I think you know you got to be you got to be realistic. And if if it, it's all, if it's all too much and you can't post once a week, you don't post once a week. Um, That's right. Exactly. Um, but but yeah, that 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 motivation of that fear to motivate is is fantastic. <laughs> maybe yeah. I'm an maybe I'm addicted to it. Yeah. No, I think I, I would say I'd put myself in the same category, Brad. Absolutely. Now. What I've loved, again, I've spoken about how I've kind of seen you on, on LinkedIn for, for years and I love, I love the content that you post there. And I'm, I'm not a male. I mean, I've got men in my life and I know, like, honestly, you've shown up with such helpful information. I know that you would be the first person that I would, would go to to look for where my regional men's health down under would be. It's your face that you're putting behind this. So what I love is that when you're on LinkedIn, it's not men's health down under, or it's not like you've done a lot of this, I guess, with your Coolman's chemist kind of hat on as well, because as you said, it started as a side hustle of that. But it's your face, like you're showing up and you're the one talking to the camera. It's not the men's health down under message. It's not the Coolman's Coolman's court chemist brand. It's Brad. The, the qualified pharmacist, and, and we've spoken before, like your qualities, friendly, approachable, um, passionate, highly professional um, with, with what you're doing. How important do you think it is for you to lead this with Brad the person, and, and I'm going to call it your personal brand, on this initiative? Like how important do you think it's a person that shows up with this message as opposed to a brand? That depends as to whether you're asking me the question as the 
practitioner or as the business owner? I think as a practitioner, it's super important that I turn up as Brad Butt, pharmacist who's passionate about men's health, because that's what the patient's paying to see. That's what they're, that's what they're coming in for. They, they trust the person. Um, and the brand is kind of inconsequential. So I guess the, the concept of the practitioner being, being paramount to the patient experience is, is, is really, you know, there's nothing more important for the patient. And that goes, that, that's about continue, continuity of care um, because you don't want to see four different people on four different visits. You want the same person. Um, and that would be true for, for my other pharmacists that work in this space as well. So, you know, they might not have the same recognition perhaps because they haven't done it for as long as they didn't start it or who, who know, who cares. But, um, but to their patients, they're the equivalent of me or better anyway. So I think that that's, I think that's really important. But from, a, from a, the business perspective, I think it's really important that it's not Brad Butt, and and that we're in this, and that that's the that's the dilemma, isn't it? Because the brand, in part, is Brad Butt, and when patients are referred, it's go and see Brad. But hang on, Brad's not in Sydney. Brad's not in Timbuktu. Brad's in Canberra. How's that going to work? And patients will call up and they'll say, oh, "I need to make an appointment to see Brad." Well, Brad's booked up, but I've got another practitioner. Another, I've got Tim, yeah. Locke. Yeah. Angus, um, and they say, no, no, I've been told to see Brad. And you think, oh, the, the other guys could can do it just as well. So it's really hard. And from a business perspective, you know, I want men's health to, to live on forever. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be the, 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 the proprietor of men's health than under forever. And I guess uncoupling Brad Butt from men's health is kind of important too, um, because at some point in time, you know, in 10 or 20, or 30 years time then that's going to need to happen um and it's going to have to be it's going to have to be the the new young fella that's coming through that takes over that needs to be the face of the, of the brand so interesting question and one that i haven't figured out jane yeah and 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 it's so um like really pertinent what you say there in terms because i think so many businesses face the same conundrum you know like it is them they're the key person within the business um for a period of time until they get too busy, until they decide to sell, until they decide that, you know, they don't want to be that key person anymore. And then that that um, personal brand that's associated with the business brand doesn't work as well. There are ways and means of being able to position yourself. You know, like you say, for example, if you look at Tony Robbins, you know, the, the yeah. coach, um, He's, you know, he's at that point 100% where he's got the whole business called Tony Robbins and, and, and he takes on coaching clients all the time. It's not Tony Robbins actually giving all of those coaching sessions. He's just trained his team based on Tony Robbins' values and Tony Robbins' technique and approach and all of that sort of stuff so that people have the same faith in his you know, yep. team as they do as a, a, to, to Tony. I mean, that's a, that's a really... Um, broad example. The bigger your brand gets, so I assume the easier it is to to uncouple to an extent. Like if you've got, if Men's Health Done Under had 300 pharmacies and and 10 standalone clinics in five years' time, then all of a sudden it's not really Brad Butt. Brad Butt's one of the pharmacists who does a lot of the talking and and might might have the microphone, but by and large the brand is probably bigger than the person and I think maybe that's the hope. (laughs) Yeah, And, and, and that's right. So like from a marketing point of view, I think your personal brand being coupled with this brand is super important at this stage because 
this, and particularly for this topic, because this is an intimate topic. Do you know what I mean? Like the idea of, I guess, talking to a faceless organisation might not be as appealing as, oh, mate, you know, Brad's so friendly about this, Brad. And, like, yes, some people are going to insist on speaking to you, but if people feel more comfortable and that the, the, the whole service is more approachable because you've got people like Brad working okay. there, you know, that might be the thing that actually gets people across the line and, and talking about it. And people connect with people ultimately, you know. Okay. they they It is great to have people whether it's a matter of actually getting some more people that sit behind the brand in front of the brand so that it's not just brand, you know, all, all the time. I mean, there's ways and means that's a different episode, but I was interested to hear your perspective on that. And it's one that I think a lot of business owners get a little bit fearful about in terms of, of building that um, dependency on, on them. Now, to switch gears into to LinkedIn, because I'm really interested, again, I, I mean, I love the fact, I think it's brilliant that you're showing up on LinkedIn um, with this messaging and talking so candidly about these, these topics. How effective have you found, and, and, you know, I don't need measurements and metrics, although I do love a measurement and metric, but from a gut feel, like, how do you think that getting your message out via this channel works? I don't. I, I yeah. I I I couldn't give you metrics because I've never really dug into it. But um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's always interesting to see who's liked your post and and you know the the impressions that you that are made. Um, I think I think by and large the message gets to the right people, and by by the right people I mean people within urology space, people within the pharmacy space, physiotherapists, like the people that I would consider part of my multidisciplinary team are getting the message. And I think that, and that's the professional message. It's not necessarily the health message. It's the professional message. And I think that for me, that's probably the most important driver, particularly from a business perspective. Um, and like you say, you know, maybe if, if you had a mental health issue in, in your life, you know, yeah, you probably, you know, hopefully you'd reach out and you'd say, Hey, Brad, I need some help. Um, but I guess I'd, I'd probably expect that to come more through, you know, your Facebooks and, and, and Instagrams. Um, whereas I think through LinkedIn's, it's actually, oh, can we, can we work? Can we work together? Can I, you know, can you link me up with a pharmacist or can you link me up with a physio? Who else, who's in your network? And I think that LinkedIn provides a really wonderful network of, um, for us, health professionals and people that work in that space. Um, and I guess that's, that's, it's kind of like the meeting place for with your work hat on, like you said before. So that's, that's really been the, that's been the success point for us. And it, and it makes this giant big country of ours so much smaller in that I can send a message to a physio that I know in Brisbane. So I've got a patient up there. Can you, can I put them in touch with you? Yeah. Um, and that, that's really been the benefit for, for us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Do you use it? Do you use any other communication channels? Like do you use any of the other social medias? Like you mentioned Facebook and Instagram before, do you find those effective if you use them? Uh, yeah, I do. It tends to, it, yeah, I do. And I can tell you, I can tell you without a doubt in my mind that the posts that the posts that get best um, traction, most likes, most um, shares and saves are typically the ones that involve a person. So a, a general post about, are you okay? A tile that says, are you okay? And I'm only saying that because it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, are you okay? Might get X, and then if it's a picture of Tim and a penis pump or Tim and a patient doing a vaccination or whatever, 
you'll get you'll get a hundred x. So it's it, you said it before, and it's about the person as opposed to the brand. And you know, we can flood we can flood those those social media platforms with tiles that everybody else floods them with, and and people really see it and just keep skimming. Whereas if it's something a bit more relatable, personable, a, a story, um, it, it's far more likely to to gauge traction, um, which I which is important. Yeah, hundred percent. And it and I honestly that that's such a good point that you raise there. And and back to that, are you okay day? You know, I think so many brands just they just notice that are you okay is on the calendar. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well, let's put an are you okay? You know, tile up for because you know. Um, because it's Are You OK Day and we should probably jump on that bandwagon kind of thing. And as a marketer, I despise that. I despise it with all my heart because I just think what is the point of just proving that you've read your bloody calendar and you can stick a freaking rebranded Are You OK post up there? Like anyone can do that. What does that actually mean? And actually, as you've said, but if you contextualise that, if you can show up in that space in a, from a place of authenticity where you're going, I'm actually concerned as a brand that you are okay and this is what we're doing or this is what Tim's doing. You know, we're, we're actually reaching out and saying, you know, are you okay because this is, this is relevant to our brand, it's relevant what do we do. And we're giving people the channel that if they're not okay to actually come and speak to us. Like we are actually someone that you would come and speak to if you're not okay, you know, just reminding you that that, that you're there. Um, and add a person to that, 100%, you know, add a, and a face to that. Um, because, again, you know, when you are going out and asking someone if they're, are, are they okay from a mental health, you want, you know, that's a person that's asking that question, not mm. a tile on yes. social media. <laughs> like that's just bullshit. It's absolute bull- And I refuse to post those on behalf of my clients. <laughs> That's where I, I'm like, if you want to post that, you need to give me some context as to how you're actually authentically involved in this message. Otherwise, don't do it because you've got every other brand just sticking the, you know, that the are you okay tile up. It's not authentic. It's it's rubbish. And, and and do something with it. So yesterday for are you okay day, I wasn't at the shop. I was at one of our other shops, but the the um the pharmacist took the whole staff out for lunch went and bought them lunch went out and sat outside had some fresh air everybody caught up nobody was on their phones everyone's talking so they did that and then they called a bunch of patients that we haven't seen for ages because of of covid lockdown and if you're going to put it on if you're going to put if you're going to put a post up get a photo of your team doing that and put it put it put it in the blurb as to as to what you did and and i think that that's far more powerful oh Hundred percent. That is music to my ears. Seriously, Brad, this this podcast is not marked out of a hundred, but just to let you know, you're a hundred out of a hundred so far. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so what does the future hold for men's health down under? More of the same, I think. Um, so we're, we're hoping to to open more standalone clinics um, where the pharmacist is in is in you know a, a medical precinct or a, a medical suite talking to patients, be it face-to-face or, or over the phone or, or video. Um, so more of them in capital cities and, and get the word out to community pharmacy because, Jane, what we know is Australia's got over 5,000 community pharmacies and it, the way that it works with community pharmacies is the licensing stipulates that they can't just go wherever they want because if they did, that all be in Sydney, Melbourne, you know, Brisbane. They wouldn't be in the regional and remote areas. So we know that there are, there are a, 
a multitude of these pharmacies located in small regional communities, remote communities, um, and we want to get our men's health brand into those pharmacies so that the local pharmacist, the face of that business, is able to say, you know what, hi, I'm Dave, and I know a bit about men's health. Not a lot, but I know a bit, and I'm happy to talk about it. And you know what, if I, if you, if I get in over my head, I'll refer you back to Brad and Tim or whoever knows a bit more about it. So that's the that's the plan. And and maybe if I say it, it'll happen. So I'm going to say it. So 2023, um, my wife and myself and our four kids are planning on packing up our life here in Canberra for six to 12 months. We're going to buy a big caravan four-wheel drive and we're going to drive around Australia with a blue caravan that says Men's Health Than Under. We're going to have clinics out in the bush and um, and and call in on all the regional pharmacies to to promote the message of men's health. I feel like we're going to be some sort of traveling Bible, Bible gang, but, um, um, but, but that's, that's what nice. the plan is for 2023, start of 2023. So um, I've said it, I've said it now. Um, yes. So it's got to happen. There's a yes. commitment to, to yes. follow through on fear yes. of failure. Yes. Okay. You heard it listeners. Keep him accountable. Keep him accountable. What an amazing thing. But Again, like how awesome are you to turn a family trip around Australia to a public health service for <laughs> something that you're passionate about? Like that's freaking amazing. Your marks just went up to 110%, <laughs> if that's possible. How can we help to get this, the, to support this effort and to get the message out there? Oh, I mean, look, the best thing to do is, is you know, follow us, follow us on, on the socials. Give our posts a like. Share that. Share the posts. Um, um, you know, talk to your friends about men's health. You know, if you've got if you've got friends that are you think might be having difficulty, um, they've had prostate cancer. Um, you know, don't 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 be afraid to tell them you've you've heard there's a podcast or there's this brand called Men's Health Down Under. You know, you can go and have a look at their website. Um, you know, that that's probably the best thing that listeners can do. Um, because it helps get the word out, and and it be and it makes men's health, men's urological health, um, more familiar and more comfortable for the for everybody to talk about. And it's a bit like the vaginal th- vaginal sh- thrush thing, you know. You get women that come in that only want to talk to the female pharmacist, and yeah. cool, that's fine. I respect that, but let me tell you, I'm probably more more au fait with vaginal thrush than most <laughs> women, I reckon. And um, and equally for men's health, you know, it, it is it can be like that as well. So I get it for the. For the female listeners, um, you know, it can be a bit of a funny conversation to have, but it's one that is worth having because we know that that men die of suicide at a much higher rate. And, you know, I've got men that have had prostate cancer that wish that they weren't alive, which is just a tragedy. And um, by having that simple conversation with somebody and, and providing them that olive, the olive branch, um, you know, go and have a look at this or get in touch with these guys, um, you know, we, we respond to all messages. Every message that comes through any of our social platforms isn't ignored. Every single one of them gets a reply. Um, and, and, in fact, a lot of them that come through with a phone number actually get a phone call. So, yeah, I mean, it, we're not just a faceless organisation. We've got a team of motivated, passionate people, pharmacists, health professionals um, that, that will reach out and make sure that, that the person's got all the support that they need. Oh, my God, I love it. So where are they finding you? Where are they finding you on, on socials if they want to help um, yeah, so tap into this message? Men's Health Down Under, um, Men's Health Down Under Facebook. Yeah. Um, we're on YouTube. You, that's a bit X-rated on YouTube. But, yes, we're on YouTube, you, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram. We're on Twitter, but we're not particularly active. Uh, but and, and, of course, on LinkedIn. So 
Brad Budd on LinkedIn, yep. or there is actually a Men's Health and Under LinkedIn account as well that you can jump on. Um, and of course, for all the information about what we do, who we are, what we can provide, it's actually the, the best idea is head to the website, which is Men's Health Down Under, men's with an S, menshealthdownunder.com.au. Um, and you'll find all about us there. There's a login page. So if people want to get into the to all the information, put your details in and we'll get your login for the website. Um, but there's a fair bit of stuff even at the landing page, Jane. Awesome. Um, podcast is on Spotify and... Spotify and um, iTunes. And I think that there's, there's a link on the website as well that you, you don't have to be a subscriber to Spotify or, or YouTube, uh, Spotify or iTunes you can actually just click the link and it takes you it's buzz buzz sprout or something I think I'm, I'm not okay with it but there's a link on the website if you click it the, it'll take you to all the previous episodes of the podcast and you can listen to them um, at, at your choosing as well excellent I love it thank you so much Brad as I said your that's just been that podcast interview has filled my cup you what the work <laughs> that you are doing is so inspirational you're such an authentically amazing guy where you're you're driven by your your heart and genuinely helping other people no wonder you know I'm so attracted to your your messaging like it you just can't help being drawn to to people who are so passionate about what they do I completely beg to differ in terms of when you said oh, I'm not sure many people will listen I think you know we just need to get get more people hearing about you and knowing about you. I think you will have so many people who want to listen to this and find out more information from you and come and see you in your big blue van as Absolutely. you travel around Australia. 100%. Look forward to it. Come along. Come and see us at the pub after hours when COVID's gone and have a beer and um, talk men's health. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, Jane, thank you. It's been great coming along and um, I didn't need the ego boost particularly, but I'm happy to take it. And, uh, <laughs> you're an amazing guy and and uh when it, when you come to port macquarie make sure you um let us know in advance because we'll get we'll get loads of people coming and visiting the vans and lots of beers and fun times so, <laughs> awesome. so people from port macquarie will, will be in for a treat <laughs> lovely can't wait jane thanks brad thanks for having us Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the How To Do Marketing Show. And remember, if you want to know how you can get some of this marketing happening in your own business, come and join me in my How To Do Marketing Academy Mastermind. It has been developed just for small business owners like you. Head to howtodomarketing.com.au. And until next time, happy marketing. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 